we need to do that inner work and that whether it's contemplation, reflection, medicine, ceremonies, journaling, breath work, whatever it is that's going to get you to that place. And then we need to use that masculine energy to actually implement because it's not enough to just go within, right? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Championship Leadership Podcast. We got Sam Cabert here for, for uh, from California, sunny California, as I'm sitting in uh, winter wonderland right now of Minnesota. But uh, thanks for being here, Sam. Absolutely, Nate. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting with you on this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first question I'd like to ask is, what does championship leadership mean to you? What When you hear that, what comes for you? I think championship leadership can mean a lot of different things to different people, obviously, but to me, it's kind of goes with whatever being a champion means to someone. Right. And I think, uh, what's most important is mindfulness. Right. And there was an amazing documentary that came out, I believe during the pandemic, wasn't it called the last dance with, uh, the bulls. Yeah. Michael yeah. Jordan's bulls. Yep. And to see the way Phil Jackson coached that, epic team right you know and he yep. brought i i didn't know this back then i mean i'm 34 years old and i remember growing up watching the bulls and the jazz yeah. rivalry but i was definitely like a little kid yeah. and i had no idea that phil jackson was bringing the mindfulness the yoga and everything else and i think that's really what it comes down to for me at least because we need to come together as a team. And part of yeah. what I teach in a business setting is how to do that. And it's through getting in resonance with one another. So I think it's really important to take a step back and build that foundation, then scale up from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they called him the Zen master back then, which was, you know, definitely felt like, uh, ahead of, ahead of his time a little bit, maybe. I don't Absolutely. Know. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, who are, who are a couple championship leaders that have come into your life and coaches, mentors? Uh, what are some of the characteristics that really stood out of those individuals for you uh, on your journey? I think any of the champion leaders that I've worked with in my life, um, just thinking on top of my head here, I've had obviously teachers, coaches, things like that. In the moment right here, no specific person comes to mind. But if I were to find a through line, it is probably similar to what a lot of your guests would say. And it's just mindset. You know, another yeah. thing that comes up for me is the book Mind Gym. And I don't think enough people understand the power of mindset. And yeah. I've recently got into teaching yoga this past year. And I also lead men's groups and men's work and all the things. So breath work and sharing circles and so many things. And one of the things that I think is important for us to think about on daily basis is visualization, right? And the best coaches and leaders I've worked with have been very good in helping to for me to understand the importance, not just the importance of how to visualize like the state I want to be in when I achieve X, Y, Z, but how that feels and how to achieve it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What, um, why don't you tell us the listeners just a little bit more about what it is exactly. I know we've, we've touched on it here briefly, I think here throughout the first few couple of questions, but like, what is the path that you've been on? 
that it's gotten you to where you are today. And, you know, before we started, you said you're going to be in the, in Minnesota speaking uh, in August and, and some of the other uh, work that you just mentioned that you do, like what's that path been like and what is it exactly that you're up to today? Yeah. I call myself a serial entrepreneur turned spiritual seeker. I think that's like the easiest way to put it because I'm someone who has been chasing success and I found that success and that culminated in 2019 being named Silicon Valley's 40 under 40 list. So the 40 most influential people in Silicon Valley under the age of 40. And that was something I was really chasing, right? And yeah. I was chasing a lot of things. One of them include bu building a million dollar business while working just a couple hours a day. And I achieved that as well. And I kept crossing off these goals. And every time I would achieve the goal, I would notice I would feel happy, I'd feel good, but it only lasts for that moment. And then I would need to go chase it again. So in the, what was it, 2019, uh, spring of 2019, I hit a numbing depression. And through going and experiencing, experiencing that numbing depression, a plant medicine known as ayahuasca found me and it's known as one of the most powerful psychedelics known to man, right? So I sat with that medicine in a ceremony environment and it everything became so clear not just of this life but in other lives and zooming out the kind of i don't want to say meaning of life but really getting to the root of a lot of existential questions and from there i just went down the spiritual path with blinders on and i was just like show me everything so i had already built my business that was running itself at the time and it still does to this day three years later but i, I was able to have that financial freedom and actual time to be a student of spirituality so that's what i did the relationships the conversations the content i was consuming everything i was doing evolved around spirituality and then last year in 2021, so about two years later, I realized I was at that 12th step of the hero's journey cycle that Joseph Campbell talks about a lot. Yeah. And it was a hero's journey of learning spirituality. And it was time to quote unquote, bring the medicine back to the people. And ever since then in the past year or so, I've been working on bridging the gap between spirituality and mainstream culture, you could say. Yeah. And I wrote my fourth book this year called uh, Soul Life Balance, a guide to igniting and integrating spiritual awakenings. And now I'm speaking to corporate audiences about soul life balance and bringing mindfulness into the workplace. Incredible. It, it, I don't know. The, the universe must be really trying to speak to me. It's interesting because I just spent uh, about an hour today talking with a friend. His name is Zach Babcock. And he had a similar story, right, of chasing success, chasing success and like just not being happy and thinking, man, I thought I'd be happy where I'm at with some of these successes and then diving into a similar path to you hadn't tried ayahuasca, but doing some MD, MD, MDMA, MDMA uh, therapy over the past year and really digging into that, which I don't, do you know a Dalton Locke by chance? You know Dalton, who that is? No, he I owns don't. a company called MIT 45, a Kratom company, but he he's done ayahuasca a number of times. I was just with him in in uh, Cancun, and he's putting a trip to Costa Rica in January. And so, it always been on my list to to do right, and that opportunity popped up. So I'm going in January to Costa Rica for my Amazing. first time, and 
I can't wait. So anyways, that's just been like ever since late last week through today, it continues to pop up in my world. So interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, brother, in terms of ayahuasca found me. It was the same way for me. And, you know, a lot of people ask me like about ayahuasca and how to go about finding a ceremony. And my biggest advice is let it find you. When we use yeah. that more archetypal energy, the masculine, like we would yeah. to plan any trip, that's that's something we can do, but we just need to surrender. And you have that inner knowing of when it's time. And just yeah. like you said, it's... Uh, it, she's calling for you. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, that's exactly how it happened. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it to see, just be, be open to it and see, see what happens. So absolutely. But interesting. What's um, so, so for you, you know, it sounds like you, you went through some, some big shifts, I guess, in life and business and what you're doing today, maybe versus what you were before. And what are, um, you know, like what's, what's the vision for you and, and what you're doing today and the impact that you want to make even, you know, short term, five, 10 years from now. Yeah. So this whole platform of soul life balance, it's so much bigger than me. You know, the words work-life balance, we all know those it's ingrained in our psyche, but the issue with work-life balance is that it is stuck in the masculine in that yang energy and when i say masculine feminine i'm talking about the archetypal energies of masculine and feminine yeah. which we could look at as the yin and the yang or yang mm -hmm. so the feminine would represent the yin it's receptivity it's intuition it's flow it's the connection to ourselves within whereas the masculine the yang energy is how we show up in the world the external what we do obligations and all of that so if we look at work-life balance we can see that we are so consumed by the masculine yang energy with work being and uh, deadlines, projects, tasks, all these things we need to yeah. do. And then outside of work, it's pretty similar, right? Because we have all these different obligations, yeah. whether it's to give our pets, kids, all these things. So the question becomes, where's the time for the yin energy? Where's the time to go within? And I believe the reason why we are facing this mental health crisis right now is because we've lost, we've severed the connection to ourselves from within. So soul life balance is the reframe of work life, work life balance, where we put ourselves first while simultaneously realizing that work is part of the, this human experience. Yeah. And by doing so, we're able to feed our souls and connect within and it increases our own mental well being. So for me, in terms of like what I'm working on, what my vision is, like I said, the message of soul life balance, it's so much bigger than me. I don't want people to think of soul life balance and think of my name. It's not from an ego sure. point of view. Yeah. It's from my own like depression of how this world operates and how so many of us are unhappy. And where I play in the sandbox is kind of shifting the narrative from work-life balance to soul life balance. Yeah, I got it, man. Beautiful. Wait. What's a, what would be like a critical moment? Maybe, maybe it's the one you already talked about, right? Where you had uh, a good amount of success in Silicon Valley and then uh, found, I guess, the journey through the ayahuasca experience and what that's led you to do today. But I think there's a lot of people in that, that fork in the road trying to decide, not knowing what to do, wanting to know which way to go, you know, what, how it's going to work out before they make the decision. But obviously you made the decision you had that, has you where you are and, and the path that you're on today, but had you not, you need know, to be in a very different place, uh, 
Is there a moment, maybe that one or a different one that really pops up to you that you could share to give some strength to the listeners that could be right there? Uh, yeah, defining moments, right? You know, yeah. I've always used a quote from one of the newer Rockies where Rocky is uh, speaking to his son and he said something like, it's not about how hard you can hit. It's about yeah. how hard you can get hit and keep moving right. forward. And I mean, we all experience adversity in our life. And I remember 10, 12 years ago, I was in college, I was 22 and I got a DUI and I thought my life was over. And that was really the thing that I point to that was my chip on my shoulder in terms of being an entrepreneur and proving myself. Right. And then most recently with the spiritual journey, I think it's about softening and listening and surrendering to what is because it's the resistance that creates the pain. So the question becomes, how can we slow down? How can we soften? How can we pause to listen? And from there, we're able to start to feel those synchronicities, start to feel that we are the creator of this experience here on earth. And that if we are starting to experience things, or if we have been experiencing things for a long time that we don't necessarily like, then maybe that means it's time to shift switch directions. Maybe we feel like we're banging our head against the wall or swimming upstream. If you can relate to any of these type of things, it's not easy to make these drastic changes, but one of the ways that can help you is by slowing down to contemplate and reflect. Meditation is incredible. It's scientifically proven all the benefits, right. but I will say, I think in terms of using the masculine energy and actually making changes in your life, that's where contemplation and reflection comes through. And I really like the psychotherapy practice of IFS, internal family systems, also known as parts work. And in this, we realize that we all have voices in our head. You know, it's, we all has, have these different stories, thoughts, beliefs, emotions. And rather than resisting those voices in the head, can we slow down? Can we be with those voices? Can we mm -hmm. give them the attention they're seeking? And through that, we start to see that those voices start to soften. And that's where the clarity comes through. And yeah. it's the practices like that that get to the root cause that help us to take action. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as, as you, yeah, I think there's a lot of people here, essentially, right? They want to be, they want to get better. They want to learn. They want to grow personal development, whatever, whatever it might be. And you know, you hear that a lot of times with people that start to make some changes for the better for themselves. You can get some, it, it can, uh, uh, you know, relationships can be lost because of it, right? Um, mm -hmm. Some people can't, don't like the ch to see the change that they're not making in themselves and others. But uh, was there any of that for you as, as you went on this journey, uh, the spiritual journey that you're on? Similar to you, I had a similar conversation this morning where this came up where I was uh, speaking to a group and they asked a similar question. And I go, there's a section in my book that was about patience with relationships because oftentimes, whether it's soul development, personal development, or when we are focusing on ourselves and bettering ourselves, whatever you want to call it, we start to see whether it's our spouse, our kids, our best friends, just different relationships where it's like, Oh, if you just did this one thing and you almost want to shake them, right. To help yeah. them. Cause you know, you have that thing to help them. Well, mm -hmm. that that's just going to create more resistance in most situations. So the way to actually 
go about it that I've found to be most productive is to embody that change, right? Because it's not, uh, we're just mirrors for each other. You know, I am of the belief that we are all one and that I am you, you are me, and it's all the same. So no wonder why there's synchronicities through this conversation now between us talking or with the listeners, right? Because we are in alignment and we are in flow. So as it relates to relationships, we just need to have patience and we need to embody it. Now, another part that may be helpful is just a quick story. When I did ayahuasca in 2019, I was getting into yoga the year previous to that, but especially for integration, I was getting into yoga. So I found a local yoga studio and it said new moon workshop. And I was like, I know about new moons and full moons, but I don't really know anything else about it. And I was like, was was that in in the description it talked about like you know letting things go or burning or journaling just different things this was a few years ago i don't remember exactly what it said but through this whole thing i mean i was two weeks out of ceremony so i was still wide wide open and this uh, download just kept coming through that i needed to leave the fancy football league i was in which i thought was ridiculous because i'm like this is so silly right and just to paint the picture like i'm one of those guys that will say i for back then i was calling myself a recovering bro um but i will say like i still am a little bit um i will say like I, I was one of those guys who would say, oh, my fancy football league is the most competitive. You know, we had sure. like, you know, the high buy-in, the destination draft, and we had a group chat on WhatsApp that was going off 365 days a year. <laughs> yeah. And we would set alarms in the middle of the night to do our waivers to be the first one. Like we were oh, competitive. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, most of the content I would listen to was, uh, podcasts about or Sirius XM radio. So it was in real time about fancy football. Um, you know, the, all the alerts on my phone, it was like consuming my life and then the conversations and just everything. And these were my best friends. And yeah. I was like, there's no way I could do this. And it just kept coming even after that full moon ceremony or new moon ceremony it was one of the two. And then I finally, I finally had the courage to tell the guys I was leaving. And I was one of the most competitive players. I had just won the championship, I think yeah. two years before that. And they, I was getting all the names. Imagine all the, oh, like, man. you know, yeah, I can the name calling you can get from your friends and some guys in the league, like, you know, took it more serious than others. Uh, and it got to the point where I didn't talk with those guys. And these were my best friends. I didn't talk with them or see them for close to a year and grant this was may of 2019 and about what eight months later whatever it was 10 months later the pandemic happened the lockdowns happened um but also like those friendships like even now to this day now i'm friends with those guys again we hang out like not as much and we see each other and they get it now you know but back then it was really hard for them to understand and how they dealt with it and i have compassion to understand how they dealt with it too like they felt like i was abandoning abandoning them and it was really difficult and for me in that situation because here are my best friends that i'm listening that i'm leaving but i knew i had to do these things on top of that I moved from Santa Cruz to San or from Silicon Valley to Santa Cruz to the beach and just kind of isolated myself in ocean therapy. I left a toxic relationship I was in for four years on and off for 
four years, got out of that. And that's when I started to get into, uh, I started a new business. So I made massive shifts in my life. And that's right. where I talk about soul life balance again, right? Because we need to do that inner work and that whether it's contemplation, reflection, medicine, ceremonies, journaling, breath work, whatever it is that's going to get you to that place. And then we need to use that masculine energy to actually implement because it's not enough to just go within, right? It's yeah. most of us in mainstream culture are stuck in the masculine energy. But if you look at spiritual circles, a lot of spiritual circles get caught up in the soul side, in the yin energy, and they're not actually living in the human experience. Yeah. So it's really important to have both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's an incredible story. That's uh, perfect. Appreciate that. Well, as we sort of wrap this up, would, you know, if there's one thing that you could leave the listener with uh, right now, that if, if they were to implement would move their life forward today, would it be? Yeah, I think self-love is what we all need. Uh, and I really believe in quantum physics, which teaches us that the outer world we experience with the five senses is a reflection of the inner world. So instead of creating all these different things in the world and coming from a needy energy and all this type of stuff. I think all we need to really truly do, if it's true that the outer world we experience with our five senses is a reflection of our inner world is to go within and find that self-love and radiate yeah. outwardly from there. So the question is, how can I love myself today? How can I love myself in this moment? How can I feed my soul today? Those type of lines of questionings, uh, those those lines of questioning are amazing to really start to find this transform transformation one may be seeking. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What, what are some ways that we can, you know, get a hold of the new book and, and follow everything else that you're up to? Like, what are some of the best channels to do that? Yeah. Thank you, Nate. You can go to samkabert.com. That's uh, my name, my name, S-A-M, last name Kabert. That's spelled K-A-B-E-R-T, samkabert.com. There it's got my podcast, my books, my blogs, my speaking reel, everything, uh, social media. So that's kind of like the central hub and you can find it all there. Beautiful. Well, if you guys want to listen to more uh, great content from incredible guests like Sam Kabert, make sure that you stay right here for the next episode. Otherwise, uh, have an incredible day. Sam, thank you so much. Thanks, Nate.